walking down the street with my sack of tricks. No one ever guessed it's my bag of dicks. It's the podcast. Yeah, it's the podcast. I said I'm walking down the street with my sack of tricks. No one ever guessed it's my bag of dicks. It's the podcast. Motherfucking podcast. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today is Friday, December 3rd, 2021. This is episode 14 with Dystope AI. I'm your host, Finn. Find these shows on terraspaces.org. Uh, there's a bunch of different podcast sections there you can check out. These ones are all NFT related under the podcast. Uh, let's welcome the team from Dystope AI. We got Mikachu. How's it going? Very well. Please, please to be here. Good to have you. We got Uncle Davo. Davo? Davo? Yeah, Uncle Davo, man. How's it going? Excellent. Good to be here. Uncle Davo in the house. Cool. We got Walter D. Hill. How are you doing, Walter? Yeah, great, great. Thanks. Uh, lovely to join you, folks. So you guys have kind of a different approach uh, to the whole NFT scene. And one, I haven't really seen like... We've seen things like waves where they're using code to kind of generate different forms and like fractals and stuff like that. But you guys are using AI in a pretty interesting way. Can you tell us about like how you guys came up with that? Yeah, sure. I think there are a few levels to it. Um, so, you know, Micah Chu and Walter D. Hill, both of those guys have been in, you know, machine learning and AI working on that stuff for, for years now, um, both professionally and personally. And then I've been sort of really interested in NFTs um, for a while. And then it was sort of a meeting of the minds. We were just like, well, there's a great opportunity to use this uh, and to sort of, you know, change, change things up a bit, but then also use it to allow community to have their voice and to shape the art and the law that, you know, different projects create. So that was the intention. And then, um, you know, we thought it'd be really cool to sort of put that spin on it and create like a really uh, like a world that's pretty put together with a theme. So, you know, that's dystope AI. That's pretty cool. I like how a lot of these projects are having a hard time just finding rust devs. And here you are with a whole team of AI developers and machine learning uh, analysts and stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a really mixed team. So, you know, there's four of us, you know, two, two are very deep into that world. You know, myself, I'm very into NFTs, but, you know, have worked in, in like government think tanks. So it's like a lot of that is about like sharing power and like, how can we give power to community? And then, you know, another team member is an artist as well as a, you know, a, a, a strategy consultant as well. So it's a very mixed team, but it, it means we can do some cool things um, and, and bring something different to the NFT space. I don't want to. I don't want to get too far off track. But for my own curiosity, does the government use Discord for their think tanks, or do they have something else? No. So, like, it, it's uh, a think tank that's not uh, officially endorsed by government. So it's like a you know a third party think tank, and you know no one's using Discord in the corporate world. Unfortunately, we would love to be able to post gifs uh, <laughs> and right. get in these audio channels, but not not happening at the moment. Unfortunately, that's awesome. Uh, who's the dystopian future fan of the group? Who's the, the Andy Dick fan? I'd have to say that goes between, you know, myself and probably, um, probably the fourth member, uh, the artist, but it's mostly, you know, from, from sci-fi is kind of where this, this comes out. Yeah. I, I said Andy Dick. All... I meant Philip Dick. My bad. Yeah, was <laughs> Wrong, Dick. Wrong Dick. Wrong Dick. Long lost brother fault. or something, but uh... <laughs> my fault. Yes. 
So a lot of this stuff, like Blade Runner, honestly, was the, I guess, the prototype for a lot of the first V1 styles that we came up with, uh, both the original and the new one, just the colors that they have in those, like the film the film editions of them. Uh, just, yeah, blew, blew me away when I first watched them. So that kind of influenced a lot of the first first set. Going from there, though, you know, some of the more classics, like you might have be familiar with Ian Banks, for example, with um, the Culture series. We use bits from there to kind of, you know, influence the second bits of the style so is, for example subjects or objects in the different pictures or videos that we make came out of all of that um subject matter so yeah definitely definitely super into all of that stuff and it's definitely had a massive influence on um, on the direction we've taken with the art so far yeah even the you know and i guess even the terror white paper was a bit of the influence so like in our law uh, you know, the reason why we've gone into dystopia is the moon has disappeared from the earth, um, which is, you know, it, that's an element of the Terra White Paper in terms of like the moon providing stability and Luna providing sort of uh, Luna's relationship with, you know, its stable coins as well. So like we've even incorporated things from the White Paper and built up this law that touches on things uh, in the Terra ecosystem as well. I like the idea of the moon up there watching us and seeing all the moon boys asking when moon and the moon's like, no, nah, dog, not today. I'm out. And then the moon just hides from all the moon. Bo- I don't know. I, I just thought of that when, when you were explaining that it should make me smile. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of people in Terra, these lunatics that have a good relationship with the moon. People are doing well. So maybe they can find that moon uh, post min, huh? This artwork is cool. I'm on the website if you uh, all want to check it out, dystopeai.art. Uh, there's a nice scrolling banner of a bunch of different variations. Um, what went into making those particular ones? Like, how, how do you start with, like, code and end up with this crazy, like, rendition of, of this artwork? There's quite a lot that goes into that. So... First, the, the stuff on the website is kind of like some of our initial cool stuff that we really like that we just wanted to start sharing with people. And obviously, when we get to Mint, there's going to be there's going to be tons more. You can already see in the some of the ones on the website though some of the different disasters that have happened in our dystopian future. Like you've got everything from um, pretty destroyed nuclear blasts and some biological stuff that seems to have happened. And so there was a lot of just like kind of coming up with the ideas and stories of what happens in this future and then thinking about how we can translate that to some abstract art and you start with an idea from an artist like that's in in like some sort of digital format and then i guess i'm I'm curious how like do you just i mean it's not like a, a printer scanner where you put a piece of art in and hit the button and then it it does it like is it just like a button you upload the picture to or how how is this generation happening there there are a couple of different things we can do like you you'll have seen on our twitter and some of the competitions we're doing that where we've been teleporting other people's nfts into our universe that we can start with other artwork but most of the stuff that we do here is is, is from scratch so we're using um, a bunch of AI tools that are open source and that tons of people are doing really cool stuff with, um, including some of the really important components actually come from OpenAI, which is the um, nonprofit founded by um, Elon Musk and Sam Altman like a couple of years back now. And by pulling together a bunch of these tools, you can do incredible stuff with um, basically having the machine work toward showing you an image that represents input that you give it. So you can tune it and then use some phrases and ideas, and then it will 
do quite a lot of the work to get some really cool stuff. And it has certain like reference points inside of its code. So it knows when it gets a phrase that it has like certain feelings or undertones to it or how, what, what does that look like? Yeah. So open AI's tools, they were kind of, they were kind of built with the idea of what is it like to give a machine imagination? Like that, that was one of the, one of the pieces behind all of this. So the way it works is, you know, the machine just has not reference points like exact images or exact subject matter to draw from, but instead it's just been shown a whole bunch of different things. It could be pictures, it could be bits of stories, it could be you know sentences, and from all of that, it just has some idea of these things are cohesive, sensible images. These things are random noise. Let's try and you know go more towards cohesive images, things that have clear subjects and backgrounds, as opposed to random images that are garbled that you can't make out stuff with. Okay. So that's kind of how, yeah, that's kind of a, a I guess a bit about how those tools work. That's really Yeah. And so cool. essentially like we, we've, you know, fine tuned things to be able to spit things out, you know, in a specific style. So this dystopian style and, you know, we can do other styles as well, but it allows us essentially to create images from text, you know, and, you know, you know, figuratively understand what the computer or the machine is imagining from people's stories and from their input. So the way we've created our mint pieces is to, you know, first start out with the law. So really design that and design a universe around it. And then, you know, for each of these images, come up with stories that showcase that and are windows into this world. So, you know, it could be, you know, a cyborg emerging from a building on fire or something. Uh, and then, you know, using the AI, we create an image of that, um, becomes the NFT. So all of the images you're seeing on the Dystope AI site are, are from text that we've created based on our law. Oh, wow. So there wasn't any starting imagery there. You just fed it straight text and that's what it spit out? Yeah. And, uh, you know, Micah can, or Noel can probably exp uh, explain it a bit better. But um, yeah, essentially there is a collection of, you know, I think millions of images that it uses to pass and uh, um, to sort of bring it to the direction of what the text is actually saying. Yeah, pretty cool tech. Yeah, that's super interesting how it can it can make an image that's pleasing to the human eye without having like any sort of idea of, about that. Like it just knows that it has all these different layers it can work with and then spits it out. That's super cool. I, I like to imagine you guys there with like a, a Terminator 2 or something with like a Photoshop tablet just trying to draw stick figures and you guys just like being like, no, draw it again, draw it again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can, you can do that. It's like the way that you guide the AI is super interesting, right? Because neural networks are, are crazy and they're kind of very hard to, for, for us humans to understand, change the parameters of. So you don't, generally get into like changing weights on parts of the neural network you you try to do things that just happen to make it think differently so we do sometimes put in inputs with um trying to get it to put things in different parts of the image to give structure and there's just there's there's a ton of trial and error right like to get it to to create the style that we want and then to get cool stuff out of it it's um yeah, not, not not everything that AI tries to do comes out good because, as you say, like kind of has no idea what actually looks good to the human eye. 
And then you guys tinker with it and iterate and iterate, and then it, it spits out something good. And then you do you kind of use that as the next baseline that like, okay, let's do more of this kind and less of this other more garbled stuff, like kind of teaching yeah. it in a way. That's, that's exactly correct. Like in the initial stages, when we first started this all up, um, you know, we, we spun up some pretty hefty um, computing instances just on the cloud, just because our, our own computers can't handle this, of course. And we basically just explored what it would just do. So, we, you know, we, we set this whole thing up and we said, uh, let's try make 100 pictures and see what happens. And probably, Micah, correct me if I'm wrong, but probably one in five, one in 10 were actually, you know, even slightly reasonable. The rest were just so off theme, they just didn't quite fit what we were going for. And there was a lot of just exploring to make sure that we can get, you know, one and two or one and sort of three that were like good images before we got to where we are now. Yeah. And hey, here's, here's some interesting, interesting trivia on top of that. So the, the way that the tooling that we're using actually works is it sort of performs a process similar to neural network training on the actual pixels in the image. So it's not a, it's got much more in common with a training workload than an inference workload, which means it's actually super heavy in terms of processing power. Doing just inference on a model, like you can do locally, like a phones, computers do that a lot, but the actual training process is super intense. And what we're doing is has more in common with that. And so, yeah, we um, run on some massive GPU instances and it's, there is actually pretty significant cost to the compute that you have to be able to bring online in order to smash things things out. Could you tell it to just mine some Bitcoin while it's making its art? Kind of put some more <laughs> of those cycles to use? <laughs> no, because you're using we're using up all the processing power. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah, on, the, on actually doing this right. So the big GPU is already running at like a hundred percent. This uh, wouldn't want to be spending a single bit of our capacity on For anything sure. else. Have uh, have any of those caught on fire yet on their own of of their own volition? <laughs> no. What are uh, what's your guys's kind of plan down the road? I see a counter here. We got thirteen days, twenty three hours, forty five minutes as of the recording of this. Counting down to something, something very ominous. Is there any any alpha there that that you want to in, inform us of? <laughs> yeah, I think that there's a fair bit of alpha we could give you. I think um, what we're doing at the moment is sort of just trying to build community and familiarity with the AI. I think like even just us talking about it, it's one thing, but then to show it in practice is another, and to show what you can do with text and what the AI spits out. Uh, is really interesting and really compelling for communities. So we've already done a competition together with Loop where people describe an apocalyptic scene in the comments. Uh, and then we actually shortlisted 10 of those, ran their prompts through the AI, um, and then are now you know voting on who's the best one and we'll, we'll airdrop them an NFT. So we're looking at doing more competitions like that. We've got some collaborations uh, that are on foot uh, I can give some exclusive alpha about, you know, something we're doing with uh, Astroverse, um, but I can't say much more than that. Um, but that's happening, like, in the next two, three days. Um, so definitely people keep your eyes out for that. Um, and so, yeah, it's really just building community, building, you know, familiarity with, you know, the power of the AI before we launch. That's in three days. The timer says 13 days. And is, is that kind of your estimate for the actual launch where people will be able to mint NFTs of this? Or, and, and kind of take us through that process. Are you guys doing a mint on your own site or are you going with like Luart or, or Nowhere or Random Earth? And how, how is that going to work? Yeah, we're still sort of um, figuring it out with community, like what they 
sort of like we're we're still figuring out in terms of you know what the quantity is that you know people feel comfortable with as well as where exactly to mint but we've got essentially all the marketplaces um uh sort of approaching us to to do a mint so we're just sort of working through that at the moment um and so just really focusing on the community side of things and so that'll be like you guys will have to initially mint the images through the AI and then feed that into a mint so that people randomly get one? Or how will the mint be the AI that's generating them on the fly? Yeah, so like essentially, you know, what we're doing at the moment is, you know, for the mint is a candy machine mint where people will get uh, random windows into Dystope AI that are based on the law that we've created. So, you know, it'll be randomized what people get, but it'll be that existing dystopian setting that people are sort of born into, if you will. And then post-mint, what we're doing is allowing people to, you know, allowing holders of, of our art to propose a story. Uh, so, you know, in, um, in a forum or you know, on Discord, um, just, you know, write down what they think happens next in the story or what they want to explore next. People then vote on this story, so for the best one, and then we use the AI on that story uh, to create a one-of-one NFT that we put up for auction. And that allows us to sort of build on the dystopian universe, like allows us to say, hey, what's going on? How can we change things? How can we, you know, either get back to the world we want to live in or, you know, go deeper and explore things? So it's like, uh, you know, a law that can be really changed by community and shaped by community. Um, but yeah, the cool thing is, I think so. Uh, so one of the reasons, one of the ways we're looking to share power as well is for that one of one NFT that's auctioned each day to give the proceeds to you know the community wallet as well as to the person that proposed the story. So you know, if you're feeling creative, it's a great way to sort of you know give back and also get back to. That's pretty cool. I like the idea that the community could kind of guide the story so you could end up with like a cool space opera-esque story of, of humanity escaping, or you could end up with, you know, the other way where where Earth starts to kind of get fixed because people make change. I guess that's never going to fucking happen. But, you know, it's a it's a happy thought to, <laughs> to hold on to. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And like we've built into the law different factions that exist in this dystopian universe. So part of it is exploring these factions and, you know, understanding the backstories for all of them, understanding what happened to then carve a path forward. Um, and it's really funny, like, because we're pretty embedded with, you know, other NFT projects, you've got, you know, for example, the bulls coming through and like proposing prompts. And so like in a one-of-one -one competition we did uh, where people could submit their NFTs to be teleported into Zootopia, you know, the bull, a bull was a winning entry. And so, you know, we've got a statue of a big old bull in Dystopia as well. So it's, it's definitely something that people can change and adapt and is completely shaped by community. That's cool. Is this AI will it be able to interact with like a virtual metaverse of sorts? I know everybody's like super hyped on metaverse stuff and like augmented reality and virtual reality. And it seems like an AI could have a lot of fun in a, in a space like that. Yeah. It's definitely something we're thinking through uh, post mint and especially as the DAO gets established um, for the project and the, 
you know, there's some more interaction with those daily one-of-one stories. Because we've got an existing art style, creating a metaverse or creating an actual dystopian, you know, metaverse is definitely something, you know, we could look towards implementing. Um, you know, there are a few steps to do technically before we get there, but because it's a coherent style, um, you know, a dystopian metaverse could could be on the cards. That or even like uh, you go through the room in the museum and then all of a sudden each each one of these NFTs is like a window looking outside to a different space in, in the post-apocalyptic lore. There's a, there's a lot of potential with that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's a really great idea. I mean, could you imagine we did a takeover at a museum, like an art gallery, and all of their images, you know, from, you know, crazy impressionist painters or whatever were fed through this oh, dystopian that would be way cool. AI. Yeah, like imagine that, like a takeover of a whole museum that's just dystopified. I just keep uh, picturing like sick. the old Batman movie with Michael Keaton where Joker and his boys go into the art gallery and just start like messing up all the art and drawing <laughs> on it and shit, like just having the AI do it. That'd be sick, yeah. Oh, that's given us some thinking to do. <laughs> I try to give at least one idea per project I chat with, since I'm not coding or developing anything. <laughs> That's my con- my contribution <laughs> to the. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mikachi just posted in the the prep room here the uh, the bull transformation. That is too cool! Wow. One of the things that's been really exciting for us is that um, people are really getting into it. When we um these little competitions to teleport people's NFTs to our dystopian future, people are we release them and everyone's posting them and showing them off to people and really getting into it, which has been super fun. Yeah, like we got a whole heap of entrance, like more than we thought. Um, and then so we we set up like a Google folder where we you know showed people the results of you know what the AI could do. Then we airdropped an NFT to one lucky winner. But even after that competition, like in our community, people have been like, is is this like something that'll be recurring? Like, I didn't know the AI could do this. I thought it was just, you know, this, this story thing. Um, so even that, because we, we're, we're still in the stages of, you know, taking on community feedback and it's something we want to do on an ongoing basis, even like figuring out ways to give holders the ability to, you know, morph their AIs into a dystopian version is something we're looking to implement as well. Totally. And hey, I, so I just dropped from the one that Devo's talking about um, this massive um, big square we did of all of the ones that we teleported in. Um, when we first did the competition, we um, were only going to p- pick the winners, but then we were just like, this is so cool and everyone's loving it so much that we actually ended up teleporting everyone's NFTs and doing that this like massive collage of all of them. And it's so cool. Like if you just zoom into that and have a look at a few, um, it's a lot of fun. That's like Where's Waldo, but it's just a big quilt. I love it. Yeah, exactly. You see some Gucci's in there. Nice, nice. Some mush, mush clubs, Luna, Luna shrooms, some punks. Man, that that is too cool. I would love to have some of those. And I, I saw that also uh, mentioned in your Discord. People were talking about how they would really love to have these uh, as prints, like to actually hang in their, their real-life meat spaces uh, instead of just having them on their, on their in their metaverse. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we were just chatting today, like because of some of the upscaling we're using, we can these NFTs can be pretty high resolution as well. So they work really great for prints. And it's, you know, something we're looking at doing as well in our roadmap. 
No, that's cool because it's just code, right? It's like a vector graphic, basically. So you could just tell it whatever resolution you want, and it'll just spit it out at that resolution. Actually, if you're interested, it's not quite that easy because the main model that we're using, as I was saying before, it is it's kind of like the process of training a neural network that the image goes through. Um, and so the process is actually called backpropagation. And in order to do it, you have to hold all of the weights of the parts of the neural network in RAM at the same time as you backpropagate through it, or it's super inefficient. Oh, wow. So it's actually really hard to do super high-res ones without having, like, massive GPUs. So we're using V100s mostly, um, which have 16 gigs of VRAM, and um, we're trying some even bigger stuff on A100s with 40 gigs of VRAM next to do even higher res. The, the compute to do it is a is a real limitation, so we actually chain together some other models that we can use to then enhance the resolution by drawing out the features in the, in the images, and that's been working super well too, because... Um, yeah, there, there was a surprising amount that we needed to solve and figure out to try to get these in good enough res to do super cool prints. That's super interesting. I love that stuff. It's it's mind-boggling what we've been able to come up with to to have computer codes do when like space shuttles were getting launched with basically like Texas Instrument <laughs> powered, you know, like super super low powered stuff, like doing really important shit. <laughs> What's yeah, crazy? Like, is it? Yeah, I remember, like, you know, a few years ago, the gold standard for a, you know a GPU or a computer build was like, oh, how well can it run Crisis? Like, how many frames per second can we get on like extreme settings? But then you, now we've got GPUs we're using with like you know forty gigs of VRAM. Like, it's it's just insane the leaps and bounds we've come and like how we're using GPUs now. Um, just really, really boggles the mind. I'm old. I remember my first like actual PC. I had like an old Apple IIc when I was like a way little kid. But then like my first real computer was like an IBM Aptiva 535, and it came with MechWarrior 2, and then it came with a floppy disk that if you wanted to play MechWarrior 2, you had to boot the floppy disk so it could give itself <laughs> a little bit more memory to make it run. <laughs> it was so janky, but like it was the coolest game. I, I loved that game when I was younger. And now you guys are just like generating full on like crazy art with with AI. That's that's just so cool to me. Yeah, I'm writing. I mean, and that's the thing because it is AI. Like we're just really limited by people's creativity as to what we can do. Like even that idea about a museum takeover is is nuts, and it's like something that actually is possible. You know, like it's it's just crazy. Yeah, it's hard to think about stuff like that when you're just in the moment, like creating it. It takes like some sort of outside perspective to be like, well, hey, what what about this? And it's like, ah, oh, I never even would have thought of that because I'm trying to do this other thing. And that's where like the power of these communities really come through. And like I've been in a lot of different blockchains and it seems to me Terra has the most like tight knit uh, everyone trying to help everyone instead of everyone just trying to be cutthroat and like dump bags on each other and shit like in in other blockchains. Uh, so it's really cool when you can get projects like this in some sort of technology like Discord or, or whatever to like have these group mm. chat sessions and see what comes from it. I've seen more projects materialize from a joke or a meme and like turn into the coolest shit that, than anything it's, it's insane how this stuff is propagating yeah exactly and i'm the same like you know i've been in other blockchains as well but i think the reason we chose terra is that community and 
we were, we were discussing the other night, like, you know, what is it about Terra that gives it such a great community? And obviously there are, you know, great influences and great people, you know, leading things. But, you know, another reason is because I guess some of the DeFi protocols are so complex, but you still have people explaining them on Twitter and like helping end users sort of understand things. So there's already that mechanic of sharing and creating things. And even what you guys are doing with the podcast, it's just like something you don't see as often in other blockchains. And I think the the size of the Terra ecosystem, as well as all the different DeFi protocols and now NFTs that are popping up really, really enable that. So yeah, I think what we were looking to do is just create incentive structures to then enable that. So the reason we want to, you know, give proceeds back from auctions that we do post mint is, you know, to, to give something back to community for contributing. Uh, and then that whole mechanic of submitting stories to change, change the, the law, um, you know, is an incentive structure to sort of to that community as well. Um, and, you know, give people value for all the contributions they're making to the project and to the community. I wonder if I know everybody's into like staking their NFTs and having like all of this utility for it. I wonder if there would be a way to have like you have the regular NFTs that you're then running through the generator. I wonder if there would be a way to take those NFTs and have them an offer to stake those while they get the the dystopiai version and then have some sort of something that you could include or do with that while you're staking them. Uh, I, I know Space Loot was working on something on, on Nowhere where you can stake your ships and you get like, so far all I've got are just scraps. I, I think the mechanics there don't really know what they're doing with their ships with my ships <laughs> but uh we're starting to see that kind of stuff come out uh with these nft projects as they try to figure out ways to to add utility yeah definitely like you know some of the projects already on on terra are just really pushing the bounds of you know nfts plus DeFi. like i think you know when Galactic Punks did their validator. That really just blew my mind as to yeah. what an NFT project could do. Um, and you're, you're completely right. Like with the staking, we've had a few people reach out that are like, you know, I, I'm on this project or I, I bought into this project and we got rug pulled or I'm in this project and, you know, it died off. You, you know, there's utility now in it because I can get a dystopified version. And I think staking is a really cool idea to bring back utility to things. Um that that have been created but um yeah even in talks with waves uh well now the beach house around you know doing cool stuff with them um with with their nfts uh and bringing back sort of generative art um into that project as well i would love to see an ai that you could just feed it all your rugged nfts and it just spits you out cool looking rugs with them that would be the yeah. best <laughs> uh, i'm a waves that, holder I mean, that's so idea. rest in peace that's, well, <laughs> you you've given us you've given us two great ideas now because yeah yes. i mean that's the cool thing with the ai like there's this dystopian style that we can teleport people into but we also you know we're work, working on a range of styles as well and you know the law is completely controlled by community so you know if things improve there could be utope AI, for example, and we have styles to back that up as well. So, 
yeah, definitely, definitely could be possible. I would love to see a fork like that where it's just like you have the one dark side and then you have the light side where it's just like the dystopian versus the utopians like that. That would be pretty cool. And then have the different yeah. stories kind of evolve and have the art evolve with it. Yeah, we'll have some more to share about that eventually. But um, yeah, definitely a great idea. And it's, you know, that's part of it. Like, I think different communities have different ideas and different sort of starting points for things they want to feed into it. And, you know, like our community that we create would be very different to like even another community we create or like different art styles. Like it, it all, it's just like an ecosystem that's influenced by so many things. So I think having, having the ability to create different styles uh, opens up for, opens up a lot of possibilities. Are you guys into any protocols or looking forward to any protocol launches? Is there any, anything you're like holding and super excited about in the, the ecosystem? I was super, I was super Im- impressed and pleased with Kujira. Um, that was really cool. I did the state allowed staking. I just play around with different protocols in the space. Like, me and my friends have a little syndicate for Star Terra IDOs as well. Um, so we follow that pretty closely. Um, but yeah, just, just across a few different things as well. Like um, I was part of the Nexus uh, IDO as well um, and things like that. But how about yourself? Uh, lately, actually, I just, I dumped everything into the Halo Apollo farm. Um, I, I really like what Angel Protocol does. Uh, so I'm here for it. And I, I got hurt. I, not hurt, but I, I got my feelings injured a little bit by the mine pool, but you know, those Apollo tokens Mm. will make up for it. And so I, I thought I'd give it another chance. I mean, it couldn't possibly go lower than a dime, right? <laughs> right, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah, for real. No, I think Pylon's um, got some cool stuff. They just need to get like their community shit in order and get like more communication going. Because like you have all these communities on these different telegrams and discords, and then you have the devs doing the work. But like, if there's no go between there, like the community doesn't know what the devs are doing, and all they know is they haven't gotten their their staking airdrops or whatever. Everybody's like super rabid about airdrops for some reason so yeah i mean i get it if you're told you're gonna get something you should definitely get it but Mm. hopefully it can maintain and uh yeah halo should be good apollo i really like uh in some of the nexus uh doing the the b luna i think it's just because i like clicking buttons like i don't even think i'm making money i just like moving stuff around and clicking buttons so i like (laughs) took my Luna and I was like, ah, let's see what this does. I turned it into B Luna and then into N Luna and threw it in this, this side farm. I have no idea what I'm doing. I need an AI to, to do my investments for me. (laughs) I mean, Hey, that's diversifying, man. I mean, Warren Buffett would be proud. (laughs) Doing the right things. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm super excited by these airdrops by NFT projects even. Like Astroverse just did one, I think that announced yesterday with animations for their V1 holders. Um, and like, yeah, there's more on that that we're doing with them as well. And then, you know, even in terms of, you know, Pylon, like it, it's interesting how players like Delphi Digital could get into the space. And I think they've uh, announced something as well. Like it's just so nascent, like that, a bunch of things could pop up and a lot of community led initiatives or 
you know, people or like organizations like Delphi Digital could come in and, you know, create protocols like that. Like, yeah, you those know, guys to me, are it was so crazy. Smart. Like, like when I hearing them talk is just insane. I recorded that chat with CeFi and the uh, Jose from Delphi about some tokenomic stuff. And it's so crazy listening to them talk. I, I, I wish I understood more of it. Yeah. And like, it's, it's crazy how accessible they all are. Like there's discords, there's telegram chats, but then also like Terraform labs. Like if you or I had a, had an idea for a DeFi protocol, we submit a Google form, you know, to, to Terraform <laughs> yeah. Labs. Like, how nuts is that? And, like, get funding from, you know, Doug Kwan and his boys. Like, For real. Like, Sometimes you crazy. don't even need to submit a form. You just post a tweet and then you're, you you get funded. <laughs> it's, it's insane. Yeah. So, I think, you know, it's, it's crazy the level of complexity in these different protocols. Like, with the tokenomics and then, you know, airdrops and things like that. But... You know, that accessibility combined with it, I think, is what makes Terra super, you know, super crazy. Like, just, yeah, just actually crazy. Like, sometimes it's hard to shill it to friends because it just sounds too good to be true. Yeah, they're like, like, this is a cult. Like, yeah, this isn't a cult, but we are very loyal. (laughs) That's a really good point you make there, uh, Devo, about um, about the sort of accessibility side of things. Because... Being fairly new to Web3 myself, uh, especially the development side of things, I was quite surprised that quite a few of these protocols, like actually detailing out their documentation really cleanly, you know, just saying, here's the basic code that you need to make whatever you want to make uh, for a number of use cases with clear examples. You know, previously when I tried looking into this, even just a year ago on other blockchains, it was just so difficult to find anything you could do stuff with. It's like there'll be some sort of high level stuff written where you can't really follow how you can use this to make anything. So I can strongly second that that point you make about um, accessibility because coming into the space quite new, right? You don't necessarily know how you can actually use the code to make something out of it. Um, but say Pylon is one example, like you can do stuff in as little as sort of 10 to 15 lines of code to, you know, get started. So it's... um. It's a great point, yeah. It's cool how expandable it is, too, because they were just doing, like, token launches, and now it's like, you can stake your NFTs and do, like, some lottery shit and possibly win some. Like, there's there's so so many avenues to, to utilize this tech. Yeah, and I think, you know, while NFTs are pretty new to Terra compared with, you know, other blockchains, like, you know, Ethereum or even Solana, I think what we really bring to the table in Terra in the Terra ecosystem, and it's like a communal way. It's like all of the NFT projects and all of the DeFi protocols is like blending, like really blending in a meaningful way, DeFi and NFTs. Like I think that's something Terra does more than any other blockchain. Like, yeah, I mean, we touched on the Galactic Punks validator, but, you know, that's just the tip of the iceberg, like staking and things like that. Uh, are things that are super meaningful when you've got the whole ecosystem of Terra backing you up. So I'm really, <laughs> yeah, I'm really bullish about um, NFTs and Terra and DeFi protocols and Terra and, you know, Luna in general. So yeah, I'm very, I'm a very annoying friend to be around. If you get a couple beers in me, I'm shilling the shit out of Luna. So <laughs> yeah. What are you? Uh, what are you guys excited for for the future? As far as blockchain tech, doesn't even necessarily have to be NFTs. I know NFTs, like you said, we've barely scratched the surface on that tech. But uh, is there anything like on the horizon that you're looking forward to, or that you'd like to see uh, come into existence? 
Yeah, I think I, I'm a little wary of the metaverse. And I, I think just even from like an attention economy point of view, like it's very easy for people, I think, to get sucked into things like that and, uh, you know, almost get addicted to things like that. I think it has to be done in a really careful way. So, you know, part of me is wary about big players like, you know, Meta, uh, you know, coming into the space. I think what I'm really excited about is, you know, trustless contracts and smart contracts and, you know, the power for Web3 to really change the world. Um, and, you know, in countries where there's no rule of law, where you can't rely on banks or even governments, you know, to have trustless contracts to allow people to access capital and, and to, you know, do transactions that are, you know, backed up by the blockchain as well. Like, I'm really, really interested in that side of things. Yeah, that stuff is game changing. I mean, it's literally like giving the power back to the people over the banks and and politicians and stuff. Like you can use DAOs to vote on like taxes and where they're going to go and all that. Like there there's so much you could do governance-wise that we're we're barely getting into. Yeah, and like it, even just thinking about that layer as we build out, you know, our project is something we've tried to do, but yeah, like there's so much scope for government to use, you know, blockchain to build back trust with community, I think. And, you know, you, you could focus on one aspect, like budgets and like, yeah, there could be a ledger of all of the spending that, you know, government's doing and like where transactions are going towards and things like that to sort of clean up the image of, of, of government as well. So I think we're really on the precipice and, you know, NFTs are one way to explore web three and it's like a great starting point i feel so i'm really happy about how popular nfts have gotten on in terra specifically because i think it's a great launch pad like it's easier to buy you know a, a 3d an image of like a 3d whale than it is to like you know navigate some of these DeFi protocols sometimes but like that nft you hold is is, is sort of it's a really a slippery slope like you've got a wallet now and it's like oh I can make some money now. Like, you know, I can get into these protocols. So. Especially yeah, with how exciting. like lazy people have become just from web two and web one, where you don't really have to remember your password. Cause I can just hit forgot my password and you'll just fucking send me a new one. But like, we always try and stress that. Like if, if you lose that seed phrase, there is no tech support. There is no getting it back. Like you are 125% responsible for your shit. And it, it, you know, if you lose it or somebody socially engineers you into giving it up or, or anything like that, like it's gone. There's no tech support. There is only community and the community can only do so much. Yeah, I think that scares a lot of people. And It you know, should. Even- it damn well should. Scare them into remembering <laughs> their damn passwords. I know. <laughs> yeah. I, like, you know, and, you know, a, a big sort of question is how we can onboard more and more people into Web3. And I think, you know, wallets do a great job of, you know, making that on-ramp a bit easier. But, you know, even physical ledgers, like how can we use them um, for the end user to sort of, you know, make things easier is, is, a really, is a really important question. And like there are now wallets that double as displays to show you NFTs. So I think, you know, it's, it's going to be a space to watch for sure. Mikachu, what are you, what are you excited about upcoming or, or existing here on the, on the horizon? Yeah, so... 
it's interesting what you guys were just talking about with the um like people having to remember their passwords because my take has always been and i think this is actually kind of why um the coinbase guys started coinbase way back early last decade um is that it doesn't really work for most people to actually use web 3.0 stuff in its pure form where you sell posts and everything i and so i've always thought the market for that is fundamentally going to be capped at like not that much bigger than the amount of people who have already done it and so i think that there's got to be this whole wave of things that simplify the user experience and abstract away the way that we make all the stuff work because look like to go to some web 2.0 website you don't need to know like what infrastructure it runs on or anything right and right. i kind of think like yeah like you, you don't care that netflix runs on aws and don't have to think about that in the same way i kind of think that the future of DeFi apps will be you don't even have to know what China runs on or how the decentralized infrastructure works in the background um yeah, there'll be like a full like, transparent layer over that that does all of that switching for the customer. All you need to know is like your however authentication is going to work, whether it's a QR code or whatever we end up with, uh, and then you're, exactly. you're good to go. That that's really interesting. Like I, I I think that's just where it's everything's got to go to create user experiences that can actually work for most people because it's fine for us, but for average person on the street the idea of like having to take on that responsibility of self-hosting really valuable assets and having to use that to access tons of different services and it's tricky so now i think that stuff's super interesting and then the the other big thing i'm excited for finally seeing is actually just f2.0 um <laughs> probably sacrilege <laughs> to talk about on a terror podcast but like look one of the one of the reasons that we love terror is that it is proof of stake and has been from the start. Um, and I don't know, I've been in the space since late 2017 and if going to proof of stake has been a thing being talked about for forever. That's um, huge. Will they do that before Ada does their smart contracts properly? <laughs> because that's the one I've been waiting for since 2018. <laughs> yeah. It's been a long way for a lot of the stuff, but um, things happen eventually. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's awesome that, you know, from in the Terra space, that sort of easy on ramp where you don't even have to think about the blockchain is already sort of happening. So with um, Chai in Korea, and then sort of Alice is going to do that as well. Like payment processing and you know processing transactions like that is already something that's starting up. That yeah, it'd be really interesting to see how you know we can make on ramps easier for those DeFi protocols that we're so excited about. But you know. Uh, it, it'd be very hard to get my mom, for example, to deposit into Anchor and use that, for example. But, yeah, I feel like we are the the go betweens for our moms and our our families and our our friends that aren't as technologically savvy. I have probably seven of my friends' wallets on here, and they just like ask me to do things for it, and I just take care of it for them because it's easier for me to deal with it than it is for me to show them how to do it and then for them to <laughs> fuck something up and then me have to fix it. Like, it's just like, I will just handle it for you guys. First bank of fin DeFi, DeFin. <laughs> <laughs> like I got you, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like we, it's, it's our responsibility to kind of help usher that in a little bit more, but yeah, eventually mm. it does need to be seamless and transparent. 
It's got to be, because I, I agree with that everyone in the community has a responsibility to act as a bit of that go-between, but it it doesn't achieve the dream of this being democratizing and empowering right. if you have to rely on people who are super deep in it and trust them to do stuff for you or to um, help you navigate, right? Like, in order for this to empower people, and by this I mean kind of crypto DeFi, like everything broadly, right? For it to genuinely empower people, it has to be simple enough that an average person can grasp what they need to grasp and do the stuff themselves. Otherwise, they're just you're just changing who they have to trust, and who knows if it ends up being riskier or less risky than the current world. Right, right. You know who's doing it well so far is Kato. I just had some headphones show up mm. uh, and I, I ordered it. I had UST and obviously you still have to have a, a Terra wallet with UST and all that shit in it. But like once you make an account on their site, it's it's basically just like Amazon. And so I, I needed a new set of headphones. So I just tried it out real quick. And uh, yeah, like that, that going in that direction, I think is going to be the way to do it. Where like the smart contracts handle all of the stuff that goes in between your wallet in the crypto world and uh, the Amazon, you know, synchronous or whatever their uh, synchrony bank uh, is. And then it just does that swap. All right. I have UST. I need USD. And then it, it ships your shit. Like, and they've made it really seamless. Like it, it was super easy to use. And I, I think, yeah, the more we go in that direction and get it, you know, that barrier to entry a little lower, uh, uh, people will, will start using it. I know I started using anchor. I had no idea what I was doing. My homie Luna loot was like, he sent me like five steps and I had no idea what any of those steps did, but I just did them. <laughs> and I was like, all right, <laughs> I'm earning money, I guess now. And then he's like, oh yeah. And, and watch the, watch the, the little thing. And if it turns red, like put some money in there. <laughs> and it was like, okay. And then I started actually like looking into what i was actually doing i was like holy shit i'm getting paid to borrow how about that <laughs> yeah it's mad terrifying followers of random steps without understanding them though for real for real we are true degen sometimes <laughs> oh, this is cool i'm super excited to see what happens in 13 days 23 hours 8 minutes and 18 seconds now and it was really Sorry. awesome having y'all here on the show uh is there anything else you guys want to plug mention before we wrap this up um, shout out, first of all, uh, to our Discord, especially to Kyle Woken, who is uh, cementing himself now uh, as our number one fan. For real, uh, I see that cat everywhere. He, He's awesome. Yeah, and like uh, even, you know, pinged us about getting on your show as well. So shout oh, nice. out to him. I did not tell him to yeah. do that. So awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, like keep posted on our Twitter. So uh, Dystope AI NFT um on twitter for more of the collabs and competitions we're doing uh and you know we're continually giving people a chance to um you know test out the ai and to even get a few airdrops on the way as well um which i think people will be excited about so definitely join our twitter where you can find our discord um and we'll keep you posted about some of the exciting things we're doing very cool. And we'll have links to all that stuff over at terraspaces.org on the show notes for this episode. Definitely check out dystopeai.art. Check out all the cool art there. And if you have some cool art or some like poetry or something, I mean, like send it over. Uh, I'm sure uh, once they get some time, maybe they can run it through some AI and see what it spits out for you. That's right. That Anything, uh, cool. any ideas people have, send them through. 
any museums listening, we would love to dystopify your museum. So just holler at us on Twitter. Oh, hey, you know uh, what? <laughs> As a matter of fact, are you familiar with the Artsy Apes project? We had them on, it was probably like a week or two ago now. Yeah. Um, one of the people on their team is an art curator for an art museum. So you, I'll, I will, uh, I'll put you guys in touch. Maybe you guys can start the conversation there and, and, and start, start there and then expand out. Cause she said the art world is like going slowly going crazy for, for NFT stuff. So I think the time is right. Oh, definitely. Definitely. We'll get in touch. That sounds awesome. Very cool. All right. Well, thanks for listening everyone to stopeai.art for terraspaces.org. I'm Finn. We'll talk to y'all next week. Peace out y'all. Waking up like a basement dweller Stepped out the door and heard racist yelling 2020, what an ugly shit show Staring at the fucking Rick Roll from the get-go Looking outside, the whole state's on fire The fuck do you expect when you embrace the liars And replace the writers with AI just like us Emaciated models killing bright birds First in, last out, picture me rolling The worst time to cash out, so what you holding? The Merc's gonna cash cow, country stolen Drooling over chicken like the goose is golden Trying to be soulful, spitting that molten Lava from the bottom of the caldera I'm hot and gonna put it in a bottle And offer it to the god who hit the gas full throttle Blasting off in a rocket The many people who will, will see things happen to them That are in their favor So someone's looking over that's a, that's a fascinating phenomenon when that happens. And what, when you analyze those situations, what you find is, is that we as humans simply have a profound inability to understand statistics and probability. Stitching these writings, living that life like Who would have guessed you turn out this nice, right? Avoiding stress, that's the motherfucking secret Print that shit on a motherfucking leaflet I'm just an asshole hooked on the bricks Looking at the rectangles, damn they kinda thick We've gone through a whole lot of kings here Cutting off heads just to bring cheer Getting all fired up, Tiger King, line them up When you'd give an arm and a leg just to try the junk On some first time buyer's luck Alexa, set a reminder and remind me to buy a bunch And put your hands up if you fuck this year And keep them in the air if you're picking up the spare And put your mask on just to go outside Looking at the planet about to downsize So climate change will not make Earth Basically, every other coastal city that we've spent thousands of years building uh, in the, since the dawn of civilization. <laughs>